1: Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We have a very special pop dive this week. It is all about Catherine McPhee. Catherine over at Open Toes McPhee. <laughs> We are going to be talking to her. We're going to be talking about Smash, and we'll talk about American Idol and the House Bunny. We're going to talk about all of it. She was kind enough to give us some of her time, so I'm super excited for that. So it's it's a little bit different pop dive. You know, normally every Monday we do a pop dive into one specific topic, and usually it's about like a movie or a TV show, but this week it's, it's Catherine McPhee's. We're diving into Catherine McPhee's life and career. (laughs) With a for fame. <laughs> so I'm super excited. Before we do, there's a few things I want to get out of the way. A lot of people have been asking about the West Elma headboard that I ordered, like a you know a year ago or something that was never delivered. They lost it. I told you guys they lost it. I was in and out, I was on and off the phone with these people forever, and it was maddening. And eventually, I just gave up. The last I heard, they lost the headboard, and no one knew where it was, what was happening with it, whatever. And then, you know, I just, I had sort of given up. Like I couldn't, I had been calling for like two weeks straight and like going around and around with their customer service people, and no one seemed to have any answers. And so finally I just was like, okay, I don't know when it's coming, if it's coming, what's happening. Fortunately, someone reached out and they did refund me via a gift card. So I did get a refund for it. Uh, and unfortunately, I will have to be shopping with them again because I got a gift card so I, so I we'll have to order something else from them but it was so funny everyone was really kind like people were reaching out in my DMs and stuff and saying oh you know here's a number to call or maybe you should reach out to the Better Business Bureau or whatever I'm like I've lost the will to do anything with these people <laughs> Like when you go round and round so many times who wants to do anything <laughs> I, I could not call like after the, that two weeks of going round and round with them I'm like I do not care they could have taken all my money Like they could have kept the money not refunded me I had truly like lost a will to get it. <laughs> anyway, so I they did refund me, so that was exciting, I guess. And you know, here we go again. I'm gonna have to find something to order from them. Here I go again. My my how can I resist you? Anyone has any suggestions? <laughs> it's gonna be something in stock, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Uh, What else? Oh, I just watched that movie on Netflix. I want to encourage everyone to watch it. It's called To All the Boys I've Loved Before. It's so cute. It's a rom-com. Netflix is doing just like a great job on rom-coms lately. And I mean, it's truly like the, it's like the rebirth of rom-coms. You know, I love a rom-com and I told you about how much I love Crazy Rich Asians, which is out in theaters now. It's just a good time for rom-coms. And that's a new one. I wanted to just say, you know, check it out. It's good. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about this Catherine McPhee. Now, I fell in love with Idol. I did. I used to be a huge, huge Idol fan. And I have a little confession to make. I did not watch Smash when it was on. Oh, that song kills me, though. That song kills me. So I watched the pilot of Smash when it was on, and then I stopped watching. And I had always anticipated, I'd always figured that I would catch up and binge the whole season. But then when season one was airing, I remember there was like a lot of negative press and like people were kind of making fun of it online. And I always just assumed it was bad. So I didn't watch it. And then a couple weeks ago, I was really sick. Like I got a bad cold and flu, which I'm still sort of getting over, but I was in bed all weekend. And originally I I actually had wanted to binge like one of the seasons of the real world. (laughs) and I was like looking everywhere, which, you know, that's, that's a hate crime that we can't find the real world on streaming anywhere. Like that's homophobic. (laughs) homophobia at its finest is not being able to stream old seasons of the real world. Because I was ready to dig back into a Hawaii season or maybe like the first Las Vegas season or, you know, New Orleans. I remember Danny on New Orleans. I, I wanted to like dig back into that. And you guys, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I was looking for something to binge. And I thought, you know, maybe I should dive into Smash. And when I tell you I got addicted, I was so into it. And it's not perfect. It's not. But I was instantly obsessed. And I feel like there's so much good in the show Smash. I mean, the music is fantastic. Ever since I binged, I have been singing. Fade in on a girl
0: with
1: a hunger for fame. <laughs> I change it to fade in on a gay. <laughs> and a hunger for fame. That's every gay. But I loved it so, so much it was so fun to watch and it made me love Broadway and live music and musical theater. And it's happy. And again, it's not perfect. I hated Ellis so, so much. I hated Dev. Oh my God. I hated Ellis and Dev. They were the worst, but the music was great. The acting was great. The storylines were fun. I didn't want it to end. And I tried really hard to get Matt to watch. (laughs) I was like watching it all weekend. And uh, At one point, like Matt had come into the room while I had it on. And I was like, just sit and watch it for like one second and so he sat down and unfortunately was like at the end of season one, do you guys remember when Catherine McPhee and Dev they were at an Indian restaurant with Uma Thurman. And then Catherine McPhee like watching the TV screen in the corner and it's some, some Bollywood movie. And then it turns into this, like <laughs> turns into like smash's version of J-Ho. <laughs> do you remember that song? J-Ho. J-Ho. Remember from um, Slumdong Millionaire? Well, smash like tried to recreate that. <laughs> Which, I know this is me digressing, but do you guys remember the song J-Ho? Do you remember how it was credited as, like... (laughs) It was, like, featuring the... It was, like, the Pussycat Dolls featuring Nicole Scherzinger. Do you remember that? Because, like, Nicole Scherzinger was the lead singer of the Pussycat Dolls. The Pussycat Dolls teamed up with the singer of J-Ho to do, I don't know if it was like a remix of J-Ho or (laughs) what a weird time in pop culture history as I'm thinking back on this. But Nicole Scherzinger was the lead singer of Pussycat Dolls. And this was around the time she was like leaving the group or rumored to be leaving the group. And so the Pussycat Dolls hopped on this track, hopped on J-Ho, the song. And then Nicole Scherzinger clearly had demanded that she be credited as the Pussycat Dolls featuring Nicole Scherzinger. So if you look at the music video, it says, you know, the singer of J-Hope plus the Pussycat Dolls featuring Nicole Scherzinger, which I would love to hear the the behind-the-scenes story of that tale. (laughs) I need answers. We need to do a Nicole Scherzinger pop dive. (laughs) Nicole Scherzinger also, you guys, has this song. You know that song, Don't Hold Your Breath? She tried to make it a single. It was a single. It was a single, but it's got a lyric in it. (laughs) My friend Michael and I always tell it to each other, but it's (laughs) her lyric in that song is... You took my money and I know that you could kill someone. <laughs> and it's in this like super pop song. It's like, yeah, no wonder that song didn't take off. You took my money and I know that you, you could kill someone. Just in a random pop song. Like it wasn't even that would maybe make sense in a pop song that was like on a soundtrack to a movie or something, but that was just on a pop song. <laughs> And we all know that Nicole was the only one singing on those records. Like, they didn't let any of the other Pussycat Dolls do any vocals. Occasionally, they let, like, that Melody Girl do some runs. But for the most part, the only other run-in the other girls were doing was out of the studio so Nicole could sing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Nicole Scherzinger. I don't know how I got sidetracked with Nicole Scherzinger. Oh, oh, back to... Okay, okay, so this all comes back around. So in Smash, in this scene... Catherine Murphy's watching the TV, and then it turns into this whole Bollywood song and dance number, which is ridiculous. Like, in the context of Smash, like, it's a very... It's reaching. It's reaching. And Matt had just sat down as the scene started, and even I was, like, watching, and I was like, oh, maybe... <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is the best scene, you know, to, to show a newcomer of Smash. You know, like, if you've never seen Smash before, I don't think you should jump right into that Bollywood number, because it might be a little shocking. You know, it's like a little it's a jolt to the senses it's like whoa (laughs) because it's like it's also a dream sequence so she's like watching this tv show and then she imagines herself she imagines dev in it like singing and dev doesn't have the greatest voice at one point like uh, deborah messing's in a you know sorry dress and it's just like i'm sorry that you're in that dress deborah messing because this is a shock to the senses (laughs) like whoa note to self i don't need to see that I mean, Deborah Messing has worn some shocking scarves in that show, but that Bollywood number—I mean, all of it, all around—it was a little bit of a like, what's happening? And I don't get me wrong—I love a Bollywood number. It just, in the context of Smash, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a lot. But then, you know, even that number—it's like even at the bad points, like when Smash was sort of not working or was kind of like a weird spot it still would kind of charm you over by the end. By the end of that song, Catherine McPhee comes in the song and she starts singing and she's dancing and it's it won me over and I loved it. It did not, however, win Matt over. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. Facts are facts. <laughs> oh, but all the music, I mean, I love, I, I love when Catherine McPhee did Shake It Off and oh, so many good songs. And then Catherine, you know, one of her first roles was in House Bunny, which just turned 10 years old this past week. And what a classic movie. I mean, Anna Faris, Emma Stone, Kat Dennings. Kat Dennings, who's also very underrated in that movie, and Nick and Nora's uh, Infinite Playlist. Such a romantic, good movie, if you've never seen that. But House Bunny is so, so funny. And I miss like an Anna Faris, Anna Faris movie. Is it Anna, or, uh, Anna, Anna? Uh, I think it's Anna Faris. I miss an Anna Faris movie. I, I still haven't watched her Overboard remake, but, and she in House Bunny, she was sort of, she was at her peak. She was also so so funny in the scary movies. Her and Regina Hall in the scary movies. I mean, come on. Name a better comedic duo. I'll wait. <laughs> Regina Hall in those movies has given us some moments. Do you remember when she's in the movie theater and she's like, "Lord, I'm having a this is some scary
0: shit. Oh, I am scared. Oh, excuse me." my money like
1: everybody else up in here <laughs> <laughs> regina hall and anna ferris in those movies i mean pitch perfect so and i can't believe it's been 10 years it feels like it's just yesterday we need to do a house bunny pop dive we'll get to it we'll get to it what else and also Catherine Murphy's early music i mean she had some great stuff on that first album of course we all know over it oh, no. which is a grocery store anthem. You know, we're going to be hearing that in grocery stores for the rest of time. (laughs) But also love story, open
0: Open Toes.
1: Which was an anthem for flip flops. I mean, talk about a flip flop anthem. So, so many good songs. And I just loved Idol back in the day. It was really my show. I I watched season one. I remember season one. Do you remember that Ryan Starr and Nikki McKibben? (laughs) And of course, my queen, Kelly Clarkson. And I became so obsessed. I was so into Idol that first season. I remember in the finale when Kelly Clarkson won and she was singing moment like this. (laughs) Kelly Clarkson was singing moment like this. And then they brought out like all the other finalists. And then Nikki McKibben at one point, like sort of hijacks the microphone to, like, help Kelly Clarkson sing. And, I mean, again, speaking of a, a jolt to the senses, it's like Nikki McKibben's voice on a moment like this. It just does not work. <laughs> I, wait, I, like I mean, I love Nikki McKibben, but... <laughs> but I loved all that early seasons of Idol. You know, in that second season, then we had that iconic Reuben versus Clay. I mean, who doesn't remember that? And then the Fantasia season was after that. Fantasia so good. Uh, and then after Fantasia, it was the Carrie versus Bryce season. Do you remember when Carrie Underwood did alone by heart? I mean, me run, I these moments. And then season five came and season five, was Catherine McPhee's season... of course, Taylor Hicks won. It certainly wasn't the last time America voted wrong, but it was one of the worst times that America voted wrong. Like he did not deserve to win. (laughs) Of course, the following season was Jordan Sparks was the winner. And then after Jordan Sparks, it was like a bunch of white guys with guitars, which was very upsetting. And I think the franchise sort of lost its luster. I did love Adam Lambert. I thought he was amazing. And he's come out with some amazing music since, but there was just a lot of white guys with guitars, for a while. And then Simon, of course, left Idol, and I think it kind of went downhill, but I digress. I'm like blabbering on and on. Anyway, I want to get to the interview with Catherine. She just wrapped up Broadway. She was doing Waitress on Broadway. She's, of course, recently engaged to David Foster, who David Foster has produced some of, you know, the biggest artists of all time. I mean, he was instrumental in the Bodyguard soundtrack, and he's worked with all the greats, so all of our queens. So I'm excited to chat with her about her music, about we're going to talk House Bunny. We're going to talk Smash. We're going to talk about all of it. Uh, before we get to the interview, please remember that this Thursday we'll have an all new Everything Iconic where we'll recap Housewives. So every Monday is a pop dive about one specific topic, and then every Thursday is a Housewives centric or Bravo centric episode. And then next Monday we'll have an all new pop dive. So Monday pop dive, Thursday Bravo Housewives. <laughs> my my parents are coming to town. You guys too. So everyone say a prayer. My parents are coming tomorrow, so they'll be here for the rest of the week and. I'd like everyone to pray for me, whether you're religious or not. (laughs) Just do it. Okay, so without further ado, please enjoy my interview with the lovely and talented Catherine over at Open Toast McPhee. (laughs) Hi, Catherine. Oh, it's so nice to hear your voice.
0: Yours too. You can call me Cat too if you want, whatever you want.
1: Oh, I love that. Thank you. Now, uh you just finished Broadway. You were doing Waitress. What was your experience on Broadway like?
0: It was amazing. I mean, I it was such a dream for me to come. I had just done Scorpion for four seasons and I really wanted this hiatus to be a special hiatus to do something different and something that was going to be really fulfilling. And uh I was a fan of the show, a fan of the music, fan of Cerebralis and it was a whirlwind because I came straight from essentially straight from set
1: right
0: landed in new york strange rehearsals and three weeks later i was on broadway doing the show so and i've been doing it for four months pretty much so it's it's been it's been amazing like i i people are asking me you know how are you feeling your last shows this that and the other it's been so every show i kind of kept finding new stuff to to play around with so it still felt fresh to me at the very end
1: and do you have a, a dream broadway role like now that you tackled waitress is there something else you'd love to do on broadway
0: well, I would love to do something original and obviously I can't answer the questions specifically because the show, if it's original, right. that means it doesn't exist or it's based on like a, you know, a, mu- a movie that's already, um, out, but would turn into a musical. But so no, I mean, I, the only thing I could like give you is, um, you know, sort of like revivals of shows that I would love to, you know, be a part of, or, I mean, I always love sweet charity, but now these kind of old fashioned shows, like with the whole me too, they have to really kind of rework the ending of these stories Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really work anymore um, to have those kind of stories where like the woman is basically begging for the man to love her. And you know, the man is still more powerful than the woman. It has to be really kind of has to make sense for what's happening today. You know?
1: Sure. Uh, Now switching gears a bit, I'm a huge fan of smash and I know like the gays love smash. We love it. Yes. (laughs) So how likely is it for smash to continue? First of all,
0: well, I would say that's probably not very likely. I haven't gotten any phone calls from, uh, right. let's say, Netflix or NBC to revive it. I mean, I don't think it's impossible, but the fact that it's been four or five years since it's been off the air is probably not quite But there's probably more of a chance of like – the smash, like smash the musical becoming a reality, then going back on, you know, television or something.
1: I was going to ask, like, what would your dream sort of continuation of it be? Would it be a Broadway show or just like a one-off TV special or?
0: God, I've never even thought about a one-off TV special, but I mean, I would love to see, it'd be so fun to see it like become a Broadway show, like smash the musical about, it could be so many things like a musical, a musical within a musical, <laughs> um, or like a TV show within a musical within, a, there's like so, so many, many different options. scenarios. That, yeah. God, I, I don't know. I would just love to see Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman who wrote the music for most of the original stuff, um, to see their stuff kind of hit the Broadway stage. Cause they did, they wrote so many great songs for that show.
1: I know the music and it was just so, so good. I was rewatching it recently and I just love it so much.
0: Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah. I, I rewatched it actually not that long ago either. And I was like, Oh This was pretty good.
1: (laughs) No, also pretty good is one of my favorite movies, House Bunny. Do you have any favorite memories from making Uh, that movie?
0: You know, I just like, I was so fresh off of Idol and I was so excited to be, I remember coming home every, every night into like my new apartment that I was living in on my own and being so excited and feeling like, wow, being on a set is like really, where really I feel really, really comfortable. But also I just have these fun memories of all of us girls hanging out on our breaks, like in our trailers and in the van with me and Anna Ferris and uh, Anna Ferris, I should say, Anna Ferris and Emma Stone and Kat Dennings and like Rumor Willis. There was just like so many of us that were kind of at the very beginning. I mean, Emma Stone had already done super bad, but but even still, like, we all kind of, and it's fun to run into each other now and just remember, like, when we were all, I mean, we're all, like, really, really young when we did that. So we just, it was, for me, it was, like, such a good learning space, because I didn't have a huge part, but I got
1: to work with girls who were even younger than me, who'd had more experience on sets. A rare thing, too, uh, having so many women, lead women in a movie.
0: Yeah, we kind of, um, I mean, Heather Perry was one of the producers on the show. She talked about how... She she likes to believe that she sort of we paved the way for sure. um, for like the some of the, the more female, and... Yeah, bridesmaids and stuff. I mean it was really kind of ahead of its curve. I tend to keep being a part of things that are ahead of its curve. Like yeah. <laughs> like for instance
1: smash. And, but it must be gratifying though that so many of these projects you've done have sort of lived on even even yeah. though, I mean House Bunny was really popular when it came out too, but
0: Yeah, it was. But it 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 had like it's similar in Sm- to smash in that way that it had like this more cult following right after like people would come to me and be like, Oh my God, I loved you in house, Bunny. I loved house, Bunny. it was such a funny movie. Wait, you were in house Bunny? Oh my right. God, that movie's so funny. You know? Yeah. It's a really cute movie.
1: And then going back even further, I mean, I remember watching you on idol. I was a huge fan of like the original run of idol. And I feel like your yeah. season was sort of the peak, you know, with At Kelly last, Pickler yeah. and Elliot, you mean, and um, all of you guys were so- and Daughtry. Yeah. I don't know, looking back on that experience, did you know that you were among so so many great talents at the time?
0: I, you know, I definitely knew that our season was good. Like I knew that we had all the characters that we needed to make a good television show. And that's essentially what it was, even though, yeah, sure. It's a competition show, a talent competition show. I knew we had like the sexy cool rocker like the girl from the valley who becomes like a beauty queen aka me um (laughs) you know like the little country bumpkin kelly pickler who becomes like a country star like you know Ellie yamin who is the unassuming like unbelievable voice and then the crooner like with salt and pepper hair it was like such an unusual group of people so i knew that we were interesting television you know i didn't know that i mean i our season was the highest rated season of all the, we were like the peak. You're right. We were the the biggest peak. The total peak of that show. Yeah, it was. And every, every, every year since then, it kind of like slowly, but surely the ratings would go down and down and down. I mean, obviously the, the ratings in comparison to others were still really great. But yeah, I mean it was crazy to be a part of it when it was just like at its peak and with the original judges and so.
1: And you had met your fiance David Foster on American Idol, correct? Or did you meet him before that?
0: You you are correct. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, he and Andrea Bocelli were um were guest mentors and I remember my mom and you know, I grew up listening to like Celine and I loved Andrea Bocelli and sure. I knew the prayer cuz I'd sung it for something my mom made me like learn the Italian. And she, I remember calling her and I was like, Oh my God, you're never going to believe like guest mentors this week. I was like, it's Andrea Bocelli. And then there's this producer that I don't know, but he's supposed to be really like amazing. and mean, his name's David Foster. My mom said, Catherine, you know who David Foster is. He's listened to like every artist that he's ever like, you know, created. And she, I was like, Oh, okay. So yeah, we met on that show and then, um, I did a lot of charity events with him. We've been friends for a long time. And, yeah, so...
1: And do you have a favorite one of his songs? I mean, he's he's produced so many iconic hits. So
0: many, but, like, now I... Even stuff that I didn't know when I was a kid, like, there's so many songs that, like, that he wrote uh, that I know now that are so amazing. So there's so many songs, like, I don't know. Some of the, like, uh, um, just piano songs, like he like, stuff he's done for movies, like, he the did scores. for... Yeah, the scores. Like He didn't do that many movies, but he doesn't really like think he, that's his real gift. But the one he won, he got nominated for an Oscar for. I can brag about him because it's not me. So yeah. he's <laughs> he's been nominated three times for an Oscar. But one of the times he was nominated was for Karate Kid. Is that right? I, um, I'd
1: have to look that up, too. I don't know.
0: I mean, there's like so many songs. There's so many... The, I'm a little bit more immune to it now because I know all of them, but people come see his shows and they're like, wait, he wrote that or he produced that
1: or whatever. So I just saw the Whitney documentary.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was just remembering he did all of the bodyguard soundtrack and it's like, Oh my God, that's it's amazing.
0: Yeah. He told me about that documentary that he watched. He said, it's amazing. And he's not in it because I'm like, how are you not in the Whitney Houston documentary? And he, they tried to, get his schedule to meet up with his and he just couldn't make it happen so it's kind of a shame that he's not it because he was a huge part of her a big part of her career but
1: yeah it was an amazing doc
0: yeah yeah i'm
1: gonna have to see it speaking of music i love i love a lot of your music but you're uh, specifically like your first album i remember open toes love story and <laughs> over it like those are my bops back in the day <laughs> like do you
0: know oh, i know that right i mean i know i wish that like that record had like the record label at the time had given it more of a chance because it was actually I remember being with like a lot of you know sort of critics like music critics and stuff they're like this was actually a really good pop record and it was really hard we made it really fast and I didn't know what I was really there were so many different styles I guess I could have done right. so we just ended on that one and they weren't quite sure what to do with me but yeah like it's wasn't a bad record by any means and
1: no there's some good bops there's some
0: good bops yeah
1: so we talk a lot about pop culture stuff on the show. So I, I just want to run through some more like general pop culture questions. So it's like a little lightning round, but it, you don't have to be fast with it at all. Just, you know, whatever comes okay. to mind. i make sure I don't get myself into trouble. Do you have a favorite movie? Uh,
0: I do. It's, it's probably, um, I love Father of the Bride with Steve Martin.
1: Oh, such a good Ugh. one.
0: People who are like under my age are not going to know it. And it's a shame because it's like one of the best movies ever.
1: Yeah, that house and Father of the Bride, like obsessed. Totally. How about Mariah Carey? Like, I, I'm a lamb. I love Mariah Carey. Do you have a favorite Mariah Carey song? Oh, yes.
0: You're treating me kind. Da, da. I don't even know the words anymore. Da, 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 I'm
1: going to pass out. Oh, my God. It's so good. What's
0: that, What's that? What's that song called? Da, 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 Vision of Love. Vision of love.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh. Tia,
0: Celine, and Mariah were, sorry, Mariah, Celine, and Whitney were like my favorites growing up.
1: I know uh, with Areca, Aretha's passing, I was revisiting Divas Live 1998. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. That. On VH1. So good.
0: On VH1. Loved when they did that. Yeah, it was a great...
1: Yeah, it was the best. Yeah.
0: I sang an Aretha song on Idol.
1: Which one did you do? Did you...
0: Well, I sang Respect. Right. And then I sang... Actually, Stevie Wonder wrote it, but Aretha sang it. And it was... Um... Oh, God. Uh, I guess I'm knock on your door. Tap on your window, pay. What a, uh,
1: I want to tap, I got
0: I don't know how, what's the hook of it. Till you come back to me, that's what I'm gonna do.
1: Yeah, little Aretha, man, she was. oh uh, Catherine, you're killing me. <laughs> I, you know what I noticed after I was listening to all of Aretha's music, and it's just so—it is so good, mm-hmm. and you almost forget, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so Brittany or Christina?
0: <gasps> oh, well, are you talking about past or present?
1: Um, whatever. Uh, past. You... Let's do past.
0: Okay, past i was in the christina camp
1: oh really interesting i I was um how about mandy Moore, or jessica simpson
0: Ooh, um jessica simpson
1: okay now if you were in charge of people magazine and you were choosing the sexiest man alive and you couldn't choose david foster who would you choose
0: (laughs) you're trying to get me in trouble
1: (laughs) (laughs) i could tell you my list my list would be like henry cavill chris hemsworth
0: mine would be um Josh Duhamel. Josh Duhamel.
1: Yeah, that's a good. I mean, one. Ryan
0: Gosling isn't obvious. That's 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 not that, you know not surprising. Um, I think Josh Duhamel is so sweet and like a good guy, and like manly and you know sexy.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that choice, yeah. Catherine. I will let you go. Thanks. I appreciate you doing this so so much. Oh, good. This was such a delight. Well, for thanks me.
0: for letting me be on your bo- podcast. It's so cool.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, talk to you soon. Look, the weather's getting warmer. personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C e.com/ iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. That's one month for just $1 at Shopify.com slash Everything Iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Everything Iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy... Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, now that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you, you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you guys, that's a wrap. That's a wrap on today's episode. I want to thank you all for listening. Please follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, and on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. There's also an Everything Iconic Facebook group, so please go join the group. And if you want to support this podcast and get access to all the bonus episodes, we're doing recaps of The Real Houses of New York Season 2 we're on right now, but we also did Season 1. So if you want access to all of those bonus episodes, please head on over to patreon.com slash everythingiconic. And for $4 or more per month, you get access to all of the bonus episode, all of the Real Houses of New York recaps. And more importantly, you're just helping to support this podcast so we can make it so it's super helpful if you're able to pledge any money on there. It's super easy. Just go on patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you get a chance, please subscribe on iTunes and please rate and review this on iTunes if you like it. It really helps us out. It helps us book guests and helps us with a lot of, and it helps us with sponsors and all of that stuff. So if you do get a chance, please rate and review it. I love you forever. And I do want to just remind you all, I'm still trying to get back on Spotify. I don't know that's going to happen, so I do apologize that we're not on Spotify anymore. But we are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, we're on Acast, we're on Stitcher. Stitcher is a great app for podcasts if you're looking for something. So we're all on those. So I apologize we're not on Spotify. I'm hoping that one day we'll get back on, but we're not quite there yet. Thank you all for listening. I love you all so much. (laughs) I'll let you go. Again, say a prayer for me. Oh, and you guys, so we talked all about American Idol. And uh, how fitting, because our intro and outro music is, of course, Kimberly Locke from American Idol. So if you're new to the show... <laughs> if you're new to the show, that music that you heard at the beginning, that was Miss Kimberly Locke, who, of course, sang the iconic grocery store anthem, Eighth World Wonder. She gave us a song to use for our intro and outro. So, you know, please enjoy Kimberly Lock. Let's support our idols. <laughs> support the idols that should have been the winners. I mean, Kimberly Locke should have won that season, too, but I digress. All right. Love you all for listening. Bye. <laughs>